Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this football Friday, September the 3rd, 2021. It is 7.02 on your Friday morning, beautiful state of Arizona, on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And yes, it is truly a football Friday. It has been football Friday for the last seven weeks. It's what we do here on the Jeff Dean Show. Football Friday, of course, really every day is football day, it's football Monday, it's football Tuesday. I talk football every single day. I, it's, you know, <laughs> get used to it. I hope you like it. I hope you like the game of football because I'm talking a lot here. <clears throat> but today is the true, the true football Friday because the Wildcats are in action tomorrow on the field for the first time since the beginning of the Jed Fish era as we begin to forget the last season that was. If you haven't already, if you haven't put it behind you, the time to do that is now. This is a new team, a new regime a new mood, a new attitude, a new whatever. Whatever you want to whatever you want to call it, however you want to look at it, it's all brand new. And you can throw out last year's stats, throw out last year's trends. Yes, some of the players are the same. Although they don't look all that all the same like they they look quite different this year. Thanks TO. Appreciate that. Thanks for uh, working the dough off. That's been uh, it's been a good addition to this program of course i'll continue to sing his praises the job that he's done with these young men the way they look out there and now fit and conditioned and strong they are um but it is it is officially a pregame day for arizona football the season kicks off tomorrow night against byu in las vegas and like i'm totally geeked out right now like i'm just i am so geeked i'm pumped it is this is like my day this is so you, you hear me talk about College football is my religion. Arizona Stadium is my church. I mean, it's just it's kind of just the way I've always been. And imagine, like, you're, you know, if you're one of those religions, uh, if you're a believer in one of the religions that has one of those big religious holidays that kicks off, like, you know, a week or two weeks or several weeks or whatever of festivities and, and you know, things and celebrations, like, that's how I feel today. Like, tomorrow is like Christmas morning for me but in the world of college football, in my religion. And because Arizona is finally getting a chance to play tomorrow, I, I, I want nothing more than to just get to the next game. It, it, you know, athletes talk about it all the time. Coaches talk about it all the time. You lose a game, the next thing you want to do is go play again immediately. Like, that's all you can focus on is, I need to get another game in so that I can forget about this one. Arizona has a consecutive of 12 stacked on top of that. 12 consecutive losses for this program, and I'm not saying that they're going to just flip a switch and turn it around tomorrow, but at least they're going to get to play a game in front of a crowd. And granted, that crowd will most likely be a a highly blue-tinted crowd, a royal blue and white-tinted crowd of the Cougar faithful that are going to travel to Vegas. They're very excited about their team this year, rightfully so. Had a great season last year, got a good squad coming back, Got a solid head coach and a great history and foundation of football in Provo. 
they should be proud of their team. I'm glad that they're proud of their team. There's a lot more fan bases that should be as proud of their team as the BYU fans are of theirs. But Arizona gets a chance to wipe the slate clean tomorrow, to start anew, to uh, get fresh, to get right, and they're going to be doing it with all the right pieces in place. You know, the the hiring of, of Jed Fish was a contentious one among the fans. There was a lot of a lot of fans out there that were clamoring for Brent Brennan, who is a fine head coach, and of course does have history with the University of Arizona and Dick Tomey. Okay, and there was a lot of clamoring for him, who had that you know that that great breakout season at San Jose State last year, and he is a fine coach. And there was clamoring for other guys, people who have at least coached a college football game before, right? Or a high school game or whatever. Jed Fish, the hire, the choice for the administration was a guy that has never been a head coach, has never roamed the the sidelines with that HC on his lapel. He's going to get that opportunity tomorrow. And like like I've been telling people this entire offseason, for the last nine months, and I mean literally the last nine months since the Jed Fish hire was made, you, you've got, you got a guy in Jed Fish who followed Steve Spurrier around for 450 days, leaving Post-its on his car saying, please allow me to be an assistant in your system. I just want to learn. I just want to learn. I want to learn football from you. I'm a big Florida fan. I'm not an athlete. I want to be a coach someday, and I want to learn from the best. Please, I will work for free. I will do whatever it takes to be a part of this program and a part of your your staff. 450 days in a row. I don't know if I can do anything 450 days in a row. I need breakfast 450 days in a row. Jetfish followed Steve Spurrier around 450 days until he finally gave him his shot. Then he spent the next... 20-plus years of his career learning from some of the best in the business, working for guys like Pete Carroll and Brian Billick and Bill Belichick and a numerous, numerous amounts of other great coaches, guys who have extremely successful track records, innovative-type thinkers, both offensive and defensive side of the ball, worked in some of the greatest programs in the world as far as American football goes, places that have uh, indelible, you know, types of cultures, you know, things that that can't be, can't be altered, can't be changed. Did all of that, and it's led him to this, his dream job, to be a college football coach, and Dave Hickey and President Robbins gave him that opportunity. And he has taken the ball and run with it for nine months, it has been an all-out assault on social media, on the community of Tucson, on the recruiting trail in the state of Arizona, in high schools, and at other Power 5 programs to go and lure some of their, uh, some of their performers away in the transfer portal. And non-Power 5 teams as well. I mean, there's been plenty of guys from, uh, from G5 schools who have come in and are going to contribute this year for Arizona. It has been an all-out assault, a, a, a tireless effort from Jed Fish and the staff that he amassed that we've talked about so so highly here on the show. And it all culminates into a 60-minute game tomorrow. And we're going to see what happens. I'm not going to make any predictions. 
I won't make predictions this season. The only prediction I'll ever make is for the Territorial Cup game, and that's more for just <laughs> just posterity. It really is it's kind of essentially what it is. Uh, but, you know, as, a, as a, an employee of the team, I don't want to make any predictions. I just don't feel it's my place to do that. So I won't do that. But I will break down the games, and I will tell you what to expect, things that you can expect to see tomorrow night when you're watching the game on TV, numbers and names that you're going to hear called out, why they're playing that position, what they're doing. Folks, I got up at – I was up at four, like 4.20 this morning, okay, uh, breaking down not only the press conference from Jed Fish yesterday but also the depth chart. Because the depth chart brought some things. We finally have a depth chart, right? Finally, finally got one. Holy smokes, what is this? A depth chart? Thank you. Two days before the game. <laughs> we finally got one yesterday. Got a chance to look at it. No real surprises there, but there are some nuances, things that I think that the fans should know. If you're interested in the least bit in the technical side of football, I'm here to help you, okay? I do speak a little bit in technicality. It's because I have a deep, deep passion for the game as someone who has always kind of aspired to be a coaching type. I just – talent, you know, you you go where your talent calls you, right? I just always had the gift of gab, as they say. So I've always gravitated towards radio, uh, you know, sports announcing, things like that. So I've always used my my God-given talent that was just, you know, the one thing that was given to me was the ability to speak and speak clearly. Uh, I don't even follow that all the time. Certainly mess that up. If you listen to this show, it happens all the time. Uh, but I'm certainly more apt to, to you know to lean that way than I would be to coaching. But I do, I do really, really enjoy the inside, the technical side of football. And we're going to get a little technical today. I'm going to try not to speak over your head because honestly, like I'm not kidding, folks. I spent two hours just digging deep into just the defensive side of the ball. I played offense. Okay, I didn't even break down the offense. I didn't even go into offense. I'm like, yep, they're going to run three wide, single tight, single back. It'll be 11 personnel, three wide. They'll probably go 12 personnel a lot, which is a, du- a double tight end set. I, I know this that, that uh, Clay Markoff, um, the fullback, was listed as the fifth string tight end. He's going to be on the field a lot more than any kind of fifth stringer ever would. They list him as a tight end. They don't list him as a fullback. Not really sure why. I don't care why, to be honest with you. Uh, but – that's you know that's what it's going to be. So they do list him as a tight end. Um, he's going to get plenty of playing time. They will run, and especially in heavy sets or you know goal line packages, they'll run two tights, two backs with uh, Clay Markoff in there. Or if they just want to line up and play some smash mouth for a little bit, if uh, quarterback takes a takes a shot, needs uh, needs a breather, needs an extra person back there to kind of help him navigate the uh, the onslaught from the from the defense. Then they can go. They can go twenty-two personnel for that as well. Run some smash mouth, real type of you know old school throwback type of football. They can do that too. I'm not even going to focus on the offense. I'm going to focus on the defense because I think that's where Arizona is going to make its hay on Saturday. And I think it's it's going to be one of the big reasons why Arizona is in football games this year. I don't think Arizona is going to get blown out. Uh, certainly, like we saw in games last year, because the defense is just going to be that much better. It's much better coached. They're in better positions. It's a lot of the same players, but they're in better positions to, to make plays, to be in, the, in, a, in a natural spot for them that, that behooves their talents. When you look at 
some of the nuances of the defense. Now, they list 12 defensive starting positions, okay? One of them was an or, okay, the Sam or Viper. I'll get into that in a minute because some people are like, what, what, what's the difference? You know, why, why is there an or on defense? I want to start at the defensive tackle, the defensive line, because I think it is the most important position on this football team. Look, defensive line has not played well the last few years. They've been gashed in the running game. The linebackers were just inundated with blockers and tackling ability, you know, tackling responsibilities. Um, I think I was, I was looking at some of the statistics from the last couple of years, and defensive linemen accounted for only like 8% of all the tackles on the team. That's way too low. That's way too low. It needs to be like 12% right around there. you got to help your backers out. You can't just have safeties coming up to play the run every single time. You're going to get beat deep, and we saw that happen plenty of times too. Defensive line just has not performed well. Um, and I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a situation where it was all in the players. I think they were put in wrong positions. I don't think they were, they were playing too much base uh, during that time. So when you look at the defensive line, I want to I start there. And there's a, there's a position listed that a lot of people didn't, don't recognize as a traditional line position. It's called anchor, okay? Now, your anchor position, and the, the players they list at anchor are J.B. Brown and Mo Diallo. J.B. Brown listed the starter, Mo Diallo, as the, as the, the second deep. They're going to they're gonna rotate in and out. Both players are very, very talented. It's a position that requires a lot out of a player, Okay. Your anchor position is essentially a five-technique tackle. Okay, so it's a, it's a guy who's a tackle-sized player that's playing a five-technique. Now, a five-technique is, is the position where you line up on the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle, whichever side you happen to be playing, strong or weak side. Okay, and you can, you can move those guys around. It's multiple. You can, you can choose strong or weak side. But for the most part, um, the offense is going to dictate which, which tackle you're lined up over. Okay, but you're going to line up over the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle, which is usually indicative of an odd or what they call an overfront. Okay, very common in college football, um, especially versus spread, pass-heavy offenses. Okay, very very common. That's the anchor position, a, a defensive tackle who lines up outside the offensive tackles on the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle, not outside, but over and just on the outside shoulder. Okay, for leverage purposes, for gap uh, purposes. Okay, so that's your anchor position. That's the position that we kind of figured that both JB and Mo were going to be playing. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important when you look at. I mean, normally in, in a three-four in a three-four style defense, the anchor is going to be there, uh, and it's it's so that the linebackers can fill. But this is a four-three defense because if you notice, there's also a defensive end. Jalen Harris is getting that uh, that job, of course. There's also a nose and a defensive tackle. So why all of these defensive tackles on the team? Well, they're going to play. It's a 4-3 defense, okay? Four defensive line starters. you got three backers, sometimes two with the Viper. It's going to be very multiple. It's very complicated, okay? So your nose tackle is going to line up over over the center, whether they're, they're zero, zero technique on the nose or zero technique shade, you can play you know strong or weak side on the on the zero, but that's Keon Bars and Levell Tatum. Those are your those are your nose tackles. Those are the guys who are a gap. Okay, that's the inside gap between center and guard. That's their responsibility. That is a huge huge responsibility. 
not only for inside running game, especially with a team like uh, like BYU who likes to run up, you know, run up the middle. They they are a power team, but in situations where you are trying to spread the offense out a little bit more than they want to be, meaning you spread the, the offensive line out a little bit more, making their uh, their gaps more difficult to cover. Um, the quarterback runs are you, you have to be there. You have to eat up blockers, and you have to get in the way of those quarterback runs. You have to make the quarterback decide one way or the other and hopefully flow them into the backers and such that they're going to be running into because especially against a, a really athletic quarterback like they're going to see on Saturday, Jaron Hall will run. And if given the opportunity where Arizona has covered the receivers or they're just not giving him a read he's comfortable throwing against, he will tuck and run. So it's important for the nose to stay in there and eat up those blockers inside and play that zero technique in the A-gap, okay, which is where your other defensive tackle, which is Trevon Mason and Deion Wilson, okay, both of those guys are going to play as well. They're going to play like the three technique. They're going to be, you know, responsible for that, you know, for the over guard, <clears throat> essentially. So it's going to be a situation where, Arizona's defense is going to try to divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. You try to divide the offensive linemen. You try to separate them as best as possible because Jalen Harris is going to be way out there. He's going to be a wide nine technique. You see him lined up way on the outside. That's all by design. Okay? It's to divide and conquer. You divide that offensive line. You make their gap integrity that much you know, that much worse, essentially. Uh, you give them a larger space to work in, okay, make the fat guys move a little bit more than they're comfortable, and all of a sudden now you sneak a Viper up in there or you sneak a Will up in there or your Mike backer, your middle backer can get in there and fill those gaps and really fill those running lanes or create havoc in the backfield in uh, in passing situations. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to play this 4-3 with a 4-3 over stack, essentially, is what it's going to be. And – Jalen Harris, who's listed as a defensive end, personally I think he's more of a buck, what they call a buckbacker. Okay, buckbackers, if you're familiar with um, NFL players or in college, guys like Brian Arakpo or Demarcus Ware, they were considered what's what's called a buckbacker. Okay, they're the guys that play that wide nine. Okay, but I think Jalen Harris is more of a defensive end, a, a line, a defensive lineman, than he is a linebacker. So he's going to be responsible for less pass coverage and more pass rush guys like Arakpo and Demarcus Ware made feasted off of that position it's a great position if you have a real freak at that uh, at that position a guy who's long strong fast quick gets leverage like Jalen Harris okay so I believe he's going to play that that buck backer um, or, the, or the, the buck end essentially in this defense it's it, look it's a great defense um, there have been a lot of successful teams that have run this defense, especially against spread offenses, and have had a lot of a lot of success. But the key in this particular defense, in Don Brown's defense, is the Viper, and we'll talk about who the Viper is next when we uh, when we return here from uh, from a quick break. We'll talk about uh, the Viper, what you can expect out of them, what their role is, and who the Viper is that we'll see on the field getting his name called tomorrow night. Fantasy Sports in Arizona just got a huge upgrade because now you can play for millions of dollars in prizes on FanDuel. And <clears throat> pardon me. And to celebrate, all new customers will get a 20% bonus 
on your first deposit up to $500. Just be sure to sign up with the promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, and you can start with a 20% bonus on your first deposit. There's tons of daily contests to choose from for players of all skill levels. Um, I, I looked at my fantasy. I, I joined a fantasy on FanDuel for the games last night, and I did okay. I had Chris Olave, which was a good choice. Um, I had the <clears throat> the tailback from Minnesota, Ibrahim, had him. He did great until he unfortunately went down with what looked like a pretty bad injury. But I did score some points. I did not win. I would have won. I, I, I would have won some money had I, uh, you know, had I picked some better players. But that's that's all part of it, you know. And I, it was exciting to watch because I was like, hey, I'm watching these guys. I'm playing fantasy football. I don't play fantasy football. It was great. Had a lot of fun. When you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. I'm sure I'll figure some way to win at some point this season. I'll just keep playing. Download the fantasy, uh, the FanDuel fantasy app today. Start drafting your lineup for tomorrow's games, and be sure to sign up with the promo code Dean. That's D E A N, and you can start with 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500 exclusively on the FanDuel fantasy app. Agent location restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after receipt. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Don't miss NFL Cover 2 every weekday here on ESPN Tucson. Spears and Ali from 3 to 6 every afternoon here. Brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Tucson's oldest brewing company, serving 30 years in the community. NFL Cover 2 every weekday here from 3 to 6. So I mentioned the the Viper, Don Brown's defense. Look, and, and the reason I'm focusing on defense is because I, I believe it is going to be the key to Arizona's season and specifically a key to Arizona's win on Saturday night against BYU. They've got to keep the game close. If they can keep the game close, you got an all-conference all kicker behind you and Lucas Haversick. I saw Lucas kicking uh, kicking field goals in, in, the, in the preseason. He was kicking like 58-yarders, folks, like pretty consistently, like 58, 58 to 60 yards. He kicked a 55-yarder in, um, in the final scrimmage, the, the scripted scrimmage that we had that Saturday night game. He kicked a 55-yard field goal that hit the net, like hit halfway up the net. So uh, any range is pretty good for, uh, for Lucas Haversick. So you got an all-conference kicker behind you. If you can keep the game close, you know, if the defense can, can, keep, can keep Arizona in this thing, you got a shot. You got a shot. I, you know, the offense is going to do – the offense is, is going to be what the offense is. They are going to be rotating quarterbacks. I think they're still trying to find themselves a little bit. We know where the talent lies. There's plenty of talent at running back, whether it's Michael Wiley, who's coming off a hamstring injury but looks great, looks great in practice. Drake Anderson, the transfer from Northwestern. Stevie Rocker, the, the local freshman. Jalen John, who's also looked good in camp, also a freshman. They're deep at tailback. They're really experienced and really talented at wide receiver, whether it's B.J. Castile, Stanley, Tavian Cunningham, Booby Curry, Jalen Johnson, Thomas Reed, also going to contribute in the wide receiver uh, in the wide receiver department. Okay, very talented and experienced wide receivers. So, you know, the, the questions are going to come to which quarterback leads the offense best. So, I'm going to. I'm going to go with what I know, and I'm going to. I'm just going to look at the defense because 
looking at who these players are and the playmakers that there are and the type of defense that Don Brown, look, he's going to create havoc in that backfield. He's going to send blitzes at, uh, at Jaron Hall, and he's going to make him try to make as quick of decisions as he possibly can, and that's in Arizona's favor. And you have to look at the, the nuanced position of the Viper in Don, Brown's, uh, in Don Brown's defense. Now, in Brown's defense, the Viper plays three different roles. First of all, the Viper is going to be Christian Young. We knew that all along. He's number five in your scorebooks, ladies and gentlemen, number one in your hearts, Christian Young. Uh, listen for his name. It's going to be called a lot. He's going to be all over the field. Because in, in Don Brown's defense, the Viper plays three roles, linebacker, safety, and pass rush. They're also responsible for several assignments on the field, as well as could be used as a spy versus Jaron Hall, who's, as I mentioned, a young athletic quarterback who lacks experience, who may lack the experience and or poise to hang in the pocket when all those blitzes are coming at him, whether they're coming from weak side, strong side, middle, stunts. Okay, There's going to be a lot of different variations of, of blitz packages, and he's going to see a lot. Don Brown's going to throw a lot at him. He's going to throw. I mean, look, he's going to throw a lot on our defensive players, right? The defensive, the defensive guys are going to have to process a lot as well. And there's a lot of young players on this team. A lot of guys who are going to be getting reps that are young players. Uh, you know, Levell Tatum and Mo Diallo are transfers who haven't been here for the longest amount of time and may still not have a great grasp on the type of defense. Okay, uh, you know, Kenny Abair, he's a, he's the Sam backer. Really important position in this particular offense or this particular defense against the offense they're going to see because BYU does have so many tight ends, so many talented tight ends they love to throw the ball to. Kenny Abair is my, my key to the game, essentially. Uh, if he can play a good, solid Sam backer technique uh, as far as covering tight ends, making sure they don't get off the line of scrimmage clean, and doing all the other things that Sam backers are responsible for, it's very – it's very uh, cerebral linebacker. All the linebacker positions are pretty cerebral, but Sam Backer's tough. Like, it's, it's a tough one to play. Um, you got to find the right guy. And we hope that Kenny Abair is that guy. I think he's, I think he's certainly up to the task. Um, I think Arizona's going to be fine on the backside. I like the corners. Both C. Rowe and Isaiah Rutherford, I think they are both got things covered. I love the safeties in, on this team. So, look, I think defensively, personnel-wise, I think Arizona's sitting pretty right now. I think they're, I think they're looking real good on defense. But Christian Young is going to be playing the Viper position. That's the unique position in Don Brown's uh, defense. That's the one that has made, you know, made him famous essentially, and made other. I mean, made the players famous at you know Boston College and UConn and Michigan and um, all of his other stops. And he's run that Viper position. So that's going to be Christian Young, number five. Be watching, looking for him all over the field. He's going to play that linebacker, pass rusher, safety, he's going to be everywhere. And when they switch out between the Viper and the Sam, because I think I don't think they'll be on the field at the same time. Christian Young could be responsible for tight end coverage. He could be responsible for a lot of things. So it's going to be uh, an interesting look on Saturday night. And, I, look, I'm just – I'm super excited. Um, I hope you guys are too. And I know that there's a, there's a lot of people who, who you know, will be watching the game on TV. Thankfully, it's on ESPN. You know, we can all – we can all tune in and watch it without having to go somewhere to watch because the Pac-12 network or buy some streaming service or, you know, whatever, if you don't have cable. So uh, it's a good thing that's on ESPN. We can all watch it. We can all enjoy it. And, uh, of course, Vegas is going to be 
full of BYU fans. I just hope that uh, there's a, a good representation of Arizona fans of, as well that have traveled and decided to get behind this team this year and take a short trip up to Vegas and cheer on their Wildcats. So, again, we'll have full coverage. Now, we're off Monday, okay, for Labor Day, so I'll have full coverage on Tuesday, uh, a full breakdown of the game, obviously. So tune in Tuesday morning for a, uh, for a full breakdown of that. We'll have all that for you um, coming up on Tuesday. But that's going to be it pretty much as far as I talk about Wildcat football. I, I, again, I'm geeked up. I'm not going to give any picks for it. It's not what I do. Uh, Jetfish said a lot of things in his press conference. I'm not going to break down all of those. If you want to go to the Arizona Wildcats YouTube channel, it's up. You can watch the, the press conference yourself and glean any information that you'd like from that. Support the, support the YouTube channel as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great place for information. They do a good job of uploading the videos and putting stuff up there for you guys. Coming up in the next hour and a half or so, hour and 20 minutes, I guess, we're going to continue to talk college football. i got my Friday 5 coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. We also have some other local news, Arizona basketball news. Tommy Lloyd has made a new grad assistant hire that I'm excited about. We're also going to talk some baseball as the Giants and Dodgers open up a three-game series tonight in San Francisco. Huge series in Major League Baseball. And some NFL news and notes as well as we head into the final weekend of the preseason, pre-kickoff week because the NFL kicks off next Thursday in week number one. So plenty of stuff still to get into here today on a football Friday. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, I know I said I wouldn't talk anymore Wildcat football. That was a lot. I, that, was, that was a lot. The... Uh, the uh, what were they say? The, the DNA report proved that that was a lie. Yeah, that that's that's a lie. Uh, I'm having such a hard time not picking the game. I really am, because it's I'm so excited. I just want to I want to put my pick out there, and my friends will know my pick. Uh, I'm not going to make any any picks public, because I don't want to sit here and be like you know, we knew what was coming, you know, whatever, or I told you so. But John Wilner. The San Jose Mercury News, of course, the, uh, the, the, the Pac-12 guru, essentially, for you know, as far as writing about the Pac-12, picked Arizona to win this football game. Win. Straight up. Picked him to win. You don't see that very often out of John Wilner. <laughs> and John Wilner's not a homer either. Trust me. He's not, he's not like your typical Pac-12 homer that picks all the Pac-12 teams to win. He picks L.A. teams to lose all the time. <laughs> he's, he's, not your, he's not your typical, like, uh, you know, Sit out, you know, sit out west and and just toot the horn of the of the conference the entire time. So uh, I thought it was interesting to see that John Wilner picked Arizona to beat BYU. Just a little food for thought there. Uh, you know, as it stands right now, let me take a quick look here at the at the lines in case the line has changed. But I don't think it has. I'm pretty sure Arizona is still coming off as a um, as a twelve and a half point underdog. Let's see here. The yep, twelve and a half. And again, we'll keep an eye on the um, we'll keep an eye on the on the line in the next 24 hours as the sharps are going to move it one way or the other, uh, leading leading up until 12 hours to game time. So we'll keep a close eye on that 
and uh, or you should keep a close eye on it. I won't be able to report it tomorrow, but keep a close eye on it. If you're uh, if you're you know looking to you know to throw some shekels on the game, you got to do it legally until September 9th. Can't do it legally here in the state of Arizona. You got to do it somewhere else legally. But uh, once FanDuel goes live on September 9th, you can start throwing some shekels on that game and have some fun with that. Um, and we'll of course detail how you can do that a little bit later on and throughout the year. Some interesting news for the Wildcats basketball team, and you know I, I follow this guy on on his social medias. Uh, I got to know him during his time here with Arizona. He played one season with Arizona, and I'm talking about Ryan Anderson, the uh, the former uh, former Boston College standout in the ACC, and then of course came here for his grad season to play for Sean Miller in 2015 and 2016. Now, I was traveling with the team that year. That was one of my four years that I was uh, serving alongside Brian Jeffries, the great Brian Jeffries, as the uh, color analyst. I would fill in for for Ryan Hanson. Ryan does a phenomenal job, and he is the A number one guy when it comes to that. But um, a lot of times he's unable to travel on the long road trips in conference. So they needed somebody. I stepped in and was very thankful to do it. And it was it was a, an experience that I'll never forget. I got to spend four years traveling with the team, getting to know people, spending a lot of time with players and coaches. And Ryan Anderson was one of those guys during one of my years traveling with the team that I spent some time with because he was just he was he was more of a you know the, the experienced guy. He's kind of the older guy on the team and stuff like that. He just you know more mature. Doesn't and he, he a lot like a lot of kids are shy and stuff like that. You know, like younger kids they can they can be shy, especially around like people they don't really know. Ryan Anderson was not that person. <laughs> Ryan Anderson was a uh, was a a huge personality and uh, was a really standout player for Arizona that year. Obviously, you know, was was highly rewarded in the Pac-12 that season for his uh, for his job that he did with uh, with the Wildcats. And now he returns as a grad assistant for Tommy Lloyd. Now, interestingly enough, you know, I, I as I because I follow Ryan Anderson because he made an impact on on my life. I, you know, I, he and I had several conversations, and uh, you know, he bought a home in Tucson. He's been playing overseas ever since his his pro career began. He's been playing overseas in in several different countries: Germany, Italy. Um, you know, been playing for you know for several places: Lithuania. Uh, most recently, he had an injury that he you know basically didn't tear the big three, but he tore the ACL and the MCL and then tore his cartilage as well in just a kind of a freak I don't know like a not a, I won't say a, just a not a freak accident but he just he landed wrong and uh and blew it out blew out his knee and a very you know very unfortunate circumstance but he's decided to turn to coaching and the way he's going to do that is he's going to enroll at the Eller Business School he's going to get himself a master's degree he's going to get an education that can serve him throughout the rest of his life he's only 28 years old and he's going to come in and learn the coaching ropes under Tommy Lloyd and of course Steve Robinson <clears throat> pardon me Steve Robinson who was announced officially by Tommy Lloyd yesterday as the uh, the new the newly hired assistant coach for Arizona basketball so look a really good addition for for Tommy Lloyd and the staff I like Ryan Anderson personally and I think that he's going to offer a lot to this team as far as experience goes um, how to play in the Pac-12, how to really – because, you know, Ryan was when – you, when you watched him play, for those of you who remember watching Ryan Anderson, like he was a tenacious rebounder, and he wasn't that guy – like I, I remember talking to people, and they're like, oh, he's just – you know, he's the guy that's the first to grab a rebound off a missed free throw. And, yes, there are those guys that try to pad their stats based on, you know, grabbing the – you know, being the first guy to go up and 
sky for the ball after a missed re- after a missed free throw. There are plenty of guys like that. I remember Sean Marion for the Suns was kind of like that. He'd always get an extra two or three a game by being the guy that would dart in and <laughs> grab a missed free throw. Ryan Anderson was not that dude. All right, I was there courtside for every game that Arizona played his season except for three of them. Okay, every game, and <laughs> he was not that guy. He's a guy who would fight and scrap and and claw for every rebound he got. He's a tough dude. He's strong. He wasn't the greatest leaper in the world. He's not the world's greatest athlete. He's not the fastest guy. But he knew leverage. He knew how to use his body. He knew how to use his strength, how to get in position. He used good fundamentals. And those guys, those guys are the guys you want to have on your coaching staff, right? So he's going to come in as a GA He's going to get a master's program. He he got accepted to the Eller Business College. Look, he worked his tail off to get his GPA up high enough to where he could be accepted to Eller. Eller Business School, one of the best in the business, right? We all we're all familiar with that. How great of a job that they do of turning out, uh, you know, great people from uh, from that college. You have to meet requirements, <laughs> okay? And he worked his tail off to get those requirements up, and he was accepted to the Eller Business School. And because of that, he was able to become a grad assistant under Tommy Lloyd. And I, I look, I think it's a great, uh, it's a great gesture by Tommy Lloyd to reach out and bring in Ryan as uh, as a GA. And I think it's a good move. I'm, I'm really liking the staff here that, uh, that is being amassed for, for, uh, for Wildcat basketball. Again, you know, when, when people asked me after Sean Miller was let go, when people asked me like, who do you want? Who do you want? Cause that was, that was the second thing they asked me. First thing was, do you think he's guilty? Second thing was, is who do you want? Okay. The the, the only person I ever even really mentioned to people, I was like, well, you know, there's, there's some guys out there who would be good. I go, the guy that I'd really like to have is Tommy Lloyd. And everybody would go, who? Unless they really knew college basketball. And then I would say, he's the assistant coach at Gonzaga. And they're like, oh, okay. You don't want Mark Few? And I'm like, Mark Few's not coming to Tucson. But Tommy Lloyd could. And he's the best assistant in the country. He has been for quite some time. And has been in that system. It's not, it's not like he's just been there for, you know, a few years. Okay, he's been there the entire time that Mark Few was there. They grew up together in that system. Tommy Lloyd was the lead recruiter. And talking to people who not only covered the Bulldogs for quite some time, I know people that played for Gonzaga during that time. And they all told me the exact, the exact same thing. That that's, it's, it's it's more like Tommy's team than it is Mark's team. It's Mark's program, Tommy's team. So when they announced that Tommy Lloyd was going to be the new head coach at Arizona, I got extremely excited because I finally got one right. <laughs> because I'd never get to get any right. I wasn't – Rich Rodriguez wasn't on my radar for the football hire. I was as surprised as everybody else was. I was like, wow, Rich Rodriguez? Okay, cool. I like Rich Rodriguez. Cool. Um, I did not, did not want Kevin Sullivan. I'm just going to put it out there. Didn't want him. Wasn't my first choice. Wasn't my fifth choice. Thankfully, it's uh, no longer a choice that we have to live with. Jed Fish was not on my radar either. Didn't didn't know Jed Fish from from anybody else that I've never met before. But I'm all I'm fully behind it now. But Tommy Lloyd was the one that I got right. I was like, I want Tommy Lloyd. That's the guy I want. Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. Didn't talk to anybody. Nobody nobody would have listened to me in the in the front office, anyways. Even if, the, even if I had said anything. But, uh, look, putting together a great staff there. Jason Terry will be missed, obviously. But look at the, look at the GAs that, uh, that he's brought in. Of course, Jason Gardner, 
part of this program now. That's always a great addition. Now Ryan Anderson going to be a part of this program as well. And, look, Sean Miller always spoke highly of Ryan Anderson. Just his work ethic, his toughness, he was, you know, he was that guy. He was a Sean Miller type of guy, a guy who's tough, fundamental, that kind of guy. Not a point guard, uh, which Sean, I'm sure, <laughs> would have loved to have a guy like Ryan with Ryan's mentality at the point. He did have one, T.J. McConnell. Uh, we know all that. We all know how that worked out. So, yeah. So uh, again, this is uh, this is a good hire for for the for Wildcat basketball. Very happy to have Ryan Anderson back in Tucson. Got himself a home. He's going to get himself a master's degree from one of the great business colleges in America, and he's going to be able to coach some college basketball. So better the young men uh, heading into the NBA and off to their pro careers wherever that may be. Arizona FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon, as I mentioned. And it's coming soon to the Suns Arena. You don't want to miss your chance to win a VIP experience surrounding the Footprint Center, which is the home of the Phoenix Suns. Today's your last day to get in on it. Okay, now the prize includes a one-night stay at the Kimpton Hotel Palomar Phoenix Cityscape, a customized jersey presented by Suns official mascot Go, lunch or dinner with the Phoenix Suns alumni, and attendance to a VIP event next week. That's next Thursday, September 9th, in the Nexus Social Club. So what are you waiting for? Enter the contest now by going to FanDuel.com slash Suns-Experience. That's FanDuel.com slash Suns-Experience. The contest ends today. So you want to get in on that, go to FanDuel.com slash Suns-Experience to enter today. Must be 21 plus, located in Arizona. Limit of one entry per registrant. Registrants who enter the promotion by signing up for a new FanDuel Sportsbook account must not have any other FanDuel account registered to their name, email, and or social security information. It's the Jeff Dean Show right after this on ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Final segment of the first hour of the Jeff Dean Show. Don't forget when we go to break, it's just a quick top of the hour turnaround. Two minutes and we're right back. We'll stay here. If you're looking for other entertainment here on ESPN Tucson, other than um, talking about the nooch or whatever it was that uh, Spears and Ali were talking about, and the guys that that hold your hair back when you puke, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I sometimes we just they're just kind of like a like a top. You just you just pull the string, you just kind of let them go, you let them spin, and then they just kind of spin off into oblivion. It sometimes, but uh, that's the experience you get with Spears and Ali every weekday here from three to six. But over the weekend, as far as like live sports go here you can find a lot of live sports here on espn tucson including your arizona diamondbacks they'll be in action again tonight taking on the seattle mariners that game uh coverage starts at 6 p.m first pitch is at 6 40 then tomorrow some college football action in a big game that i'll be highlighting coming up at the top of the eight o'clock hour penn state at wisconsin the number 19 nittany lions heading up to madison to take on the number 12 badgers that game is uh, – the coverage starts at 8.30 tomorrow morning, so bright and early. You're going to be up early anyways. It's the first college football Saturday. So why not tune into ESPN Tucson, check out Penn State, Wisconsin tomorrow. Then tomorrow afternoon, D-backs taking on the Mariners at 4.30. Sunday, D-backs and Mariners having a nooner, and uh, that's your weekend as far as live sports go uh, here on ESPN Tucson. Big matchup this weekend in Major League Baseball – specifically in the NL West. The Giants and the Dodgers open a three-game series tonight. They're engaged in a deadlock tie for first in the NL West. They both have the best record in baseball. Now, they've played 16 games this year. This will be the final three games that these two teams played against each other. 
in the 16 games that they've played this year, the teams are 8-8 eight and eight in those 16 games. They've split the games, and each team has scored exactly 68 runs. Now, the Giants took two of the last three in the previous series when Johnny Cueto was on the mound. He is most likely not going to be taking the bump in this particular series. We know who Los Angeles is going to be starting. Okay, uh, David Price is going to pitch tonight for the Dodgers. Then Jule Urias will, uh, has had a phenomenal year. He's got 15 wins for the Dodgers this year. And then on Sunday, Walker Bueller takes the mound for Los Angeles. Now, the Giants are having some trouble with the starting pitching right now as far as injuries and things like that, COVID's, uh, COVID protocol things. Anthony DiSclafani will take the mound tonight for the Giants against David Price. He's won 11 games for the Giants this year, ERA in the mid-threes. But we're not exactly sure who's going to pitch for the Giants Saturday and Sunday. So a huge series, not only in the National League West, but in Major League Baseball. It's two, two leading teams as far as uh, win-loss records go and uh, winning percentage go. So big, big series to watch starting tonight as those two teams are going to settle the score. It's the, it's the second biggest rivalry in baseball. It's the biggest rivalry in sports on the West Coast. Giants and Dodgers, two fan bases that hate one another. The teams hate one another. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome stuff. If you've ever been involved in that, if you're a fan of either team, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So big-time series this weekend in Major League Baseball. A lot of other stuff going in Major League Baseball as well. Stay tuned. We'll have some of that uh, for you next week as we talk baseball, getting ready for these pennant races to wrap up and see who our playoff teams are heading into the postseason. Still got another hour to go. Today's f- Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show, including my Friday Five. Five marquee games against the spread that I will pick for you coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Some NFL news coming up in 8 o'clock hour as well and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. It's a quick two-minute turnaround. We'll be right back here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.